Welcome back, everybody, and congratulations if you started at episode one and made it all the way through. This is the last course of the Mindset Meltdown. Let me explain. If this is your first episode or you haven't listened to them all, that's fine too. But when I was thinking about starting this podcast, I wanted it to have a purpose from the very beginning. I wanted it to be laying the groundwork. I wanted to take you back through on how I got to where I am. The things that I've overcome, the things that I've learned along the way. I tried to pick out the best topics that will maybe help you get out of your head, get out of your own way, and be able to create the life that you want. I hope that I've been able to do that. And I do feel like this last episode of that, episode 12, is kind of the last piece of the puzzle. I'm titling this one today, Maybe You Are the Problem. And I want you to keep in mind that I will get to this, but I want to tell you right now that if you're the problem, you're also the solution. And we're going to talk about that. But I really want to emphasize the work and all the tools and everything that we've talked about up until this point. Because even though this is the missing piece, you will never be able to fix this if you don't come to terms with all that other shit first. Because this is going to be the hardest part of it. Is you. You are your biggest limitation. You are your greatest enemy. You are your greatest downfall. You are absolutely the problem. And I say that with certainty because I was the problem. Now, don't confuse this with shitty things happening to you in your life. I'm going to share a specific example That's really hard for me to talk about because, again, the asshole in this situation was me. But I didn't think that I was the one being the asshole. I thought it was everyone else. And that's just one example. It's just one example of how I was creating the the messes in my life. I was the problem. If I was looking for the missing link in everything that went wrong in my life, it's me. It's me. Now, I also want you to take comfort in looking back over the last five, six years where I've really done the work. It's also been me to do that work, to figure it out, to take the next step, to do the things and to get to where I am now. But I had to come to terms with it. I had to realize it. And I had to learn how to fix it. And that's what I hope to talk about today. So get ready. It's going to be a doozy. You might want to grab the tissues. Okay, before I get into the hard part of this episode, I swear every episode there's a hard part for me because I want to share with you guys. For those of you who follow me on social media, you know what kind of a person I am now. But you may not know what kind of a person I was 
before I did all this work because the two are totally different and I'm ashamed of this and I don't really want to be putting it out there, but it needs to be said. You know, these are the examples that really open the eyes because I feel like we've all been there in one way or another where we fabricated something in our mind that wasn't there because we were insecure. So first, I want to talk about some of the roadblocks that might be tripping you up. All right. And a lot of these have to do with mindset. When I'm talking about you being the problem, I'm mainly talking about that brain of yours, the things you say to yourself, the questions you ask yourself, how you look and approach other people, how you take the bad news if you're the victim in your life. Like all of these things matter so much because I'm going to give you the ultimate secret here. The ultimate secret to a different life, to a better life is controlling your mind. If you can control your mind, you can control your life. And I want you to know that because honestly, that's the biggest thing that I've done in the last six years. It's the mental work. I say it all the time. It all started because I needed to lose 100 pounds, but fuck that 100 pounds. I mean, great. I'm happy it's gone, but it is not at all what changed me. It was doing the work in order to keep going when my mind wanted to tell me all the time to stop, to quit, that I was a failure, that I was not as good as anybody else because I'm not, because I'm slower than everybody else, because I am. All of these things, they were coming in all the time, but because I had the tools and the personal developments and the mentors, I didn't stay down when I fell. I got back up. So here's a couple mindset things, some mindset shifts that you're going to have to evaluate and fix in this process. So first, this was a big one for me, like such a big one. And I see it all the time. Like I was not the only person that struggled with this one. The victim mindset. And this is a hard one to break because you get stuck in that victim zone that life is happening to you. Everything is happening to you. Everything is stacking against you. The odds are not in your favor, right? Like whatever you want to call it, bad shit is always happening. Your life is always falling apart. Everything is always so negative. You don't even know where to start. You know, maybe you've been listening to these episodes or maybe you're listening to this one for the first time and you're like, I don't even know where to start fixing my life. This is where I would start. I would start evaluating if you are living that victim mindset. Because I was. Very, very much. And it looked, you know, it may look different for everybody, but for me, it was literally just what I said. It, I felt like life was happening to me, never for me. You know, even the good things, they had bad shit wrapped around them, right? And so whatever you're looking for, that's what you're going to find. So if you see yourself as the victim, you're going to see yourself as the victim everywhere. 
In every single scenario, there you are, victim, victim, victim. And you're gonna feel sorry for yourself. You're gonna get stuck in this self-pity world of wallowing and that's not doing you or anyone you love any good. And the only person that can pull you out of that victim mindset is you. And so I'm going to try to share some of my best tips to take you from the victim in your life to the hero or the heroine. I think it's all about the questions that you are asking yourself. When you feel defeated, what are the things that you're saying to yourself? Are you adding on to that? Are you just piling on the negativity, like telling yourself that you suck, you're lazy, no, you know, you're no good to anybody? Part of that may be depression. Part of that just may be a negative freaking attitude. And we need to fix it. So if you ask yourself, the question, and I may have already went over this in one of the episodes, and if I haven't, then cool, we're going to hear it again, or hear it for the first time, and if I did, then you hear it again. But if you ask yourself why you're so lazy, your brain is going to go on a scavenger hunt for answers for you, and we don't need any more reasons why we're lazy. Does this make sense? You don't want your brain going on a scavenger hunt to support whatever you're trying to get away from because that has the opposite effect. Instead of pulling yourself out of the well, you are just throwing yourself further and further down. So the right kind of questions, like a different direction would be, what brings me energy? How could I have more energy? What kind of things excite me? What are my hobbies? Do I have any hobbies? What are my interests? What are active, fun things I could do with my kids? And here's a big one. If you don't feel that you're able to be active and physical with your kids, then maybe the question is, how can I get there? What can I do to get myself into better shape that I can do these things that I want to do. So sometimes you even have to rewind the questions and go back even further. But I promise you, if you ask the right questions, you will find the right answers. But if you're playing that victim, you're going to be asking all the wrong questions and your brain is going to find all those wrong answers for you. And it's going to support that victim mindset, it's going to support your theory. And then you're justified and you're right in your mind and there's no reason to question it until some saucy bitch like me comes in here and tells you to, right? Like, that's what it was for me. I didn't realize that I was the thing that was keeping me stuck. I didn't make up all the horrible things that happened to me. I didn't make up any of the things that I struggle with. I still struggle with them all. But the difference is I've learned how to make them work for me instead of against me. I've learned to accept that they're a part of me and not hate on them. Because when you hate on them, 
all they're going to do is bring you down further. And again, here you are as the victim. If you struggle with a lot of stuff, if you deal with a lot of stuff, I got to tell you that you're a fucking warrior. You are not a victim. You're still here. You're listening to this podcast. You're doing the things. You are a fucking warrior. Not the victim. Obviously, you guys, if you listen to the last episode, you know that sometimes people may not see that change. But I need you to stay the course regardless. No one else's opinion of me matters as much as what I think about myself. Because even back in the day when I hated on myself, other people loved me. They thought I was great. It didn't matter what they thought about me if I couldn't see it. If I couldn't get out of that victim mindset, it didn't matter what anyone thought or said about me in a good way. But everything bad they said, oh, I believe that. I took that in wholeheartedly because that's where I was. I don't want to say that it was easier to be the victim because that was hard too. Like, that was really hard to live that life. It's hard in a different way. I feel like now I'm doing more work on the front end, but it's easier to live my life. It's easier to live my truth. My life is easier, 100% without a doubt. It's so much easier to be me now than it was 10 years ago. But in that victim mindset, It's easier just to coast through. It's easier to believe the bad stuff. It's easier to believe the lies and labels that other people have placed upon you. I know that. But it makes your life so much harder. So again, we go back to that episode about choosing your heart. And I need you to choose one. I hope it's the hero. So the next one, and it kind of, I mean, these all kind of tie in. They all play a role together. And I know that I struggled with all three of them. A negative mindset. I was always asking the negative questions. I was, I saw the glass half empty. The world was always out to get me. I felt like, My shoulders were carrying the heaviest load possible. And if one more thing touched me, even a feather, I would fall. I would crumble. Looking back at that with a positive mindset, I see how strong I was. I see the fact that I was carrying that load without any of the tools, support, and help that I have now. But I did it every day. I fought that fight. It did not look the same. It was not victorious, but I fucking fought it regardless. Everything in my life is different now that I have a positive mindset. I'm always looking for the purpose. I'm looking for the victory. I'm looking for the lesson because that's exactly what happens. Every time you go through something hard, you're either growing or you're learning. Every time you do not get the response or 
the reaction or the result that you are looking for, you are learning the lesson in its place. And that is a positive mindset. Not looking for what broke you down. Not looking for your failed attempt or your failed efforts. Not focusing on that, but finding the lesson. Learning how you can take that failure and get back up again. Learning how you can take that failure, tweak it, try it again, move a little bit further that time. That's the positive mindset. Are you always looking for the solution or are you looking for the problem? Are you focusing on the solution or are you focusing on the problem? Because I will tell you guys, whatever you focus on is what you will find. So if you're focused on negativity and how everything fucking sucks, it's going to keep fucking sucking. (laughs) Sorry, not sorry. But if you focus on all the positives and all the victories and all the good things in your life, you will find more of them. And that's what we want. So when you find something good, anything good, I need you to hold on to that. I need you to fixate on that. I need you to focus on that. And you will find more of it. No, seriously, guys. Who do you think is going to find the answer first? Someone who is so fixated on the problems and the obstacles in their way that all they're doing is bitching about everything that keeps getting in their way, or the person who is weaving through the obstacles to try to find the solution. Which one do you think is going to find the answer first? Or at all? Because if you're so focused on what is being placed in front of you instead of how to get around it, you won't. You just won't. So I hope that you realize if you can't get past that, None of the other shit matters. If there's something that you really truly cannot get past, an obstacle, something so big blocking your path, then you need to get your ass to therapy or a doctor or somebody that can help you remove that. Break it down brick by brick if you have to. I know sometime soon I'm going to be doing an episode solely based off of my EMDR therapy and how it helped me. But there are so many outlets out there to help. And as someone who was intimidated by asking for help, let me say this just in case it's rattling around in your brain. That does not make you weak. It makes you stronger to reach out and help and ask for help to break down the barriers than to stand there letting them defeat you. I hate to say this because I don't want to ever call anyone weak, but that's the weakness in us. That is the weakness in us to let the disease or let the roadblock defeat us. That's the weakness. And if you're there, that's okay. Because you can only go up. You can only move forward from there. Maybe you're about as fucking stuck as you can get. Again, there's your positive. There's always a positive. There's always a way out. But I need you to always and forever be on the lookout for it. 
be on the lookout for the good shit in your life because it's there. It's there and you're probably missing most of it because you're so fixated on the one thing that you don't fucking have. That was me. That was me. It didn't matter what I got. I didn't have enough or I didn't have all the things. I know I've told you guys about my like girls night, my bachelorette night that I was standing outside crying because I'm wasted because at a night where I was celebrating the marriage that already happened to my best friend and husband, I was upset because someone there was pregnant. I wasn't like, ugh, (laughs) we weren't even trying. Like I I was so fixated and focused on what I wasn't or what I didn't have or how far I still had to go. I wasn't embracing anything that I did have or anything that I, that I could celebrate. My cup was always half empty. Take it from me, guys. That's no way to live. Okay, the last type of mindset that we're going to talk about today is a fixed mindset. And now notice, these all have counterparts. I'm focusing on the one that you may be stuck in if you are still the problem. Okay? Because again, we're all of these, the flip side, like if you are stuck in a victim mindset, in a negative mindset, in a fixed mindset, you are also the solution. You are the one thing that can take you to a hero mindset, to a positive mindset, to a growth mindset. The reassurance here is that yes, you are the problem. Sorry to tell you, you are. I am. I am my own problem. I know that. And that's how this episode came to be, was last week I was struggling, like struggling, just couldn't get out of my own fucking way. And I was going to do an episode about cannabis, and I was like, no, no, like I am the problem. I am totally the problem. And if I'm the problem, chances are you are also your problem. And that's how this came to be because I needed the lesson. I needed to hear it, to reassure myself of all these things, right? So like I said, the last mindset that we're going to talk about today is that fixed mindset. And this is that, you know, thinking that you're you're all you're ever going to be. You know, you're only as smart as you are. You're only as lucky as you are right now. You know, there's no room for growth. It's just, it is what it is. If you're living your life based off of your genetic history and just accepting that that's your fate, that is a fixed mindset. If you are accepting that you have failed at whatever you're trying to do several times and that's just that's just it, you're just stuck here, you're never going to get any better, that is a fixed mindset. Thinking that you are only going to be as successful as your bank account is right now, that is a fixed mindset. Thinking that you only have so much education or upbringing or economic standing that this is all the further you're going to go in life. That is a fixed mindset. Anything that keeps you stuck or that excuses you from trying harder, 
is a fixed mindset. Let me say that again. This is not something that I got from anybody, any personal development. This is kind of how I described it to myself. A fixed mindset is accepting the excuses that what is, is all that it is. Are you accepting those excuses? Whatever excuses or reasonings that you are giving yourself, are you accepting them to keep you stuck? Are you letting them, that mindset, keep you in this place where you never test the waters, where you never raise the ceiling, where you never even think of smashing through that ceiling? That's a growth mindset. And if you really truly want to take your life to the next level, if you want to become next level yourself, you must adopt this mindset. You must be always looking for the growth, for the opportunity, for how you can take yourself one level higher. A growth mindset is basically just always looking how you can level up in your life. How can you level up? And not accepting any limitations or excuses on why it's not possible. It's kind of that if you want it and you work for it, you can have it. The only thing that is stopping you from a growth mindset is you, is your mind, is the limitations that you are putting on yourself. Does that make sense? What kind of limitations are you putting on yourself? What kind of lies are you saying to yourself? What kind of labels have you adopted or believed to be true that other people have placed upon you? I bet there are several. And I bet you in one way, shape, or form, they have limited you or stopped you or made you believe that you don't deserve whatever is on the other side of them. These are the walls that we have to break through. This is the work that you have to do. Because if you can get your mind to push you forward, you will be unstoppable. Unstoppable. If you can get your mind to the place where it knows no matter how hard you fall that you can get back up, you never have to worry. I mean, it's still going to be hard, but knowing that, because that's the secret. That's half the battle. It's not, you know, even when I'm doing when I'm doing these crazy hard workouts and my back is hurting and my mind is like, oh, you can't do this. It's not my body that is trying to give up. It's my mind. You're going to have to convince your mind that it can do things that your body would do automatically. Our brain's sole purpose to keep us alive, to protect us. So anytime you step out of that comfort zone, red flags are going on all over the place up there. Like, hold the phone. What the fuck is happening? Did she just step in front of a freaking train? Like, shit goes off. And then we're like, whoa, whoa, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. And then we question ourselves. And then we fall to that victim mindset or that negative mindset or even that fixed mindset. And we stay stuck. Your brain's job is to protect you. But I need you to push past that. 
I need you to know that it's just doing its job, but that doesn't mean it's right. So where are the limits in your life? Where can you push through? And I want to tell you something. When you are doing the work and when you are pushing and pushing and pushing, you're pushing, think about this all as a, all, all as a bunch of water, okay? You're pushing all the current, you're pushing all this water against this dam. And it is exhausting. And you've got to keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And just when you feel like you cannot push anymore, when you cannot do anything else, When you feel like you're failing because you don't have the strength and energy to keep going. That's when that dam is about to break. Give it more time. Give it everything you have and keep pushing. Because we always feel like we're failing right before we succeed. We always feel defeated right before our victory. And that's where most of us give up is when you get that pushback, when it gets really hard, when you're so tired from pushing. And people give up and they're so close. Most of the time, they are so close. But they give up or they self-sabotage or they let those negative thoughts just stop them. And when you stop pushing the current and when you stop pushing the water towards that dam... All that pressure that you've built up, it goes away. And now next time you pick yourself up and you have to do it again, you have to work even harder. But this time, you're already fucking exhausted from the first attempt. And this is the vicious cycle. It takes more energy to start over and start over and start over than it does to just keep putting one foot in front of the other. I need you to adopt these new mindsets. I need you to look at everything in your life differently. And it will be hard and it will take time, but this is the kind of stuff that you practice at, just like breathing. Because it has become second nature to me to rise above, to ignore the negative thoughts. Don't get me wrong, I have depression. I still fight them. But they don't win like they used to. They don't control me like they used to. If anything, guys, I use those hard days and I use my past as a reminder. Because for me, it's so important to remember what my life will look like if I stop doing these things. I don't know if it's comforting or depressing, but six years in, six years of doing this work, and I still have to remind myself what's waiting for me if I give up. I still have to choose my heart. I have to choose to fight the negative thoughts, to find the positive ones, and to keep moving forward no matter what my mind tries to tell me. And sometimes, guys... Like, that's the hardest battle that I fight, is my mind, is my thoughts. It's the hardest, it's the hardest fight I have. And I fight it every day. But I always have that reminder. And if you're in that thick right now, I need you to fight against it. 
if you're in the suck of your life right now, I need you to fight against it. This is the hard that you don't want to keep living. So whatever hard you have to find, you have to do, you have to adapt to, that's what you have to do. You just got to do it. Or you'll never get the life you want. It takes hard things. Again, hard choices, easy life. Easy choices, hard life. And a life, it's a long time. Let's hope anyways. It's a long time. All right, so I'm not sure if I've shared how Mark and I actually came to be a thing, but I'm going to rewind and share that with you real quick so that you have a little bit of foundation here. So Mark and I actually worked together and then my sister was buying a house with her now husband and there wasn't room for me. So I needed a place to stay and I moved in with Mark and his roommate, uh, best friend from high school. And I lived there with them for about a year and then Mark and I moved to Kentucky and well, one drunken night of Jenga, bingo bango, like snagged me a husband. Um, but it didn't happen, I guess, in that order. Uh, so a year after we were dating, I broke up with Mark because I didn't think that I deserved him. And this was the the really rough summer. I got the DUI, you know, so I was in a really rough place, even whenever, when Mark and I got back together and I knew that Mark was the person who I really wanted to be with and was meant to be with. But a big reason why I broke up with him is because I didn't think I deserved him. I was in a very, very low place. I didn't think a lot of myself. I didn't think highly of myself at all. And so that all comes into play when I'm introduced into Mark's amazing group of friends. And things that I didn't understand, you know, I didn't, I didn't understand that kind of friendship and that, that kind of love and support and not because I was never offered because I could never accept it. And that's a really hard truth to admit, but it is the truth. So I had my doubts that they even accepted me from the beginning because I broke up with Mark maybe before I even met them. And so I know I'm not coming off with the best track record here. And I think deep down, I was just so afraid that they were going to see me for who I really was. And... I was the one who put them on a pedestal and me below the scum of the earth. They didn't. I did. So as I tell this story, as I try to unfold all of these events, it's it's not, I want you to take away just how much of that I made up in my mind and how differently my life would have looked, our lives would have looked if I wouldn't have snapped out of it, if I didn't have somebody else snap me out of it. So here goes nothing. Cheese and crackers. Um, all right. So just in case you are one of the people that was affected in this story and you're listening, I want to say that I'm so very sorry for the way that I treated you for all of it. It was all me. And I promise, (laughs) I love you guys so much. And I look forward to making memories together with our kids and our families for all the years to come. 
So, that being said, let's just dive right in. I have to share all of this, right? I have to kind of explain some of it. And I think that I've already done that. But who I was in high school and throughout college, you know, is not at all who I am today. And for most of it, I was a pretty fucked up individual. And that came out in a lot of negative ways towards a lot of people. But when Mark had this group of friends, there's like 12 of them, 11 of them, from high school, like they all went to high school, and we're talking 20 years out, and they are still best friends. All of their husbands. And at this time, um, you know, kids weren't really a thing because this is when Mark and I were first together. Before we were married, right when we got married, and right up until Elsie was a couple months old. This all was going down. Can you tell? I don't want to tell the story. I don't want to fess up. But, okay, here it goes. I don't even know where to start. I got it into my head. I don't know how. I don't know why. But I was in this this place mentally where I was hating on me. So, of course, my natural reaction is everyone else is hating on me too, right? I wouldn't say that our relationship started off great or even good. It was rocky from the start because I was insecure. And then when it got really bad was when I got pregnant. And I don't know if it was the hormones or the fact that I gained 70 pounds when I got pregnant and any amount of self-esteem or self-confidence I had was fucking gone. And so I feel like this is kind of my mental rock bottom when I was pregnant with Elsie. I hate that. But it is what it is. And that rock bottom is what led me to climbing my way out. So again, there's my positive, right? I needed to hit that rock bottom to see what negative effects my mind was having on my life. So I remember they all pitch in and do group wedding presents Every couple gives $100 and they get one big gift for everyone in this in this group, right? And I remember, oh God, I hate, I hate admitting this. It was an out-of-state wedding. It's actually my husband's ex-girlfriend and like from high school and they're still best friends. I actually lived with them when I moved in with Mark. Those two lived together. And I thought there was something fishy going on because there was... Post-it notes all over the house. Like, I love you, clown. And I was like, what is happening? And there was nothing going on there. But anyway, so the three of us lived together. And I, so I was really good friends with this person before I dated Mark. And then I don't know what happened. Like, something in me broke. It's so hard to explain. It's really so hard to explain. But I felt like they were all out to get me. I felt like I didn't belong. I felt like I was worthless compared to them. I felt like I would never measure up. And I felt like Mark, like, I don't know, downgraded when he brought me to the group. 
I think that's what was really going on, is that I just didn't think that I could ever fit in with this group of genuinely good people. For them to remain friends for 20 years, like, I don't have that. I'm not still friends with my high school cliques and groups because I was the problem. I was always the problem. I never felt like I fit in because I removed myself or I focused on the things that made me different. Guess what, guys? I still don't fit in. I am like one odd fucking duck. I don't celebrate holidays. I use cannabis. I'm sweary as fuck. Like, all of these things make me so different and I stand out. But I I wasn't that person then. I mean, I'm, I was still all of these things, but I was ashamed of them. I was embarrassed and I was forever feeling like the odd duck out. The black sheep the ugly swan. And I made myself that person. I made myself into that role in the group. No one else did. It was me. Mark and I have been a one income family for our whole marriage, I think, actually, like eight years. He was in law school. And I was the sole provider, and then I quit my job, and I started an at-home business, and he got, and then, oh, like six months later, well, no, almost a year later, he finally found a job in his field, and then he was the main provider. Well, over the last five years, my at-home business has grown to a full income, so I guess technically now we are a two-income family, but one sole provider for the last eight years. And when somebody's going through law school and you're paying for a wedding and you're pregnant and trying to save up for your unpaid maternity leave when you are the sole provider, money was tight. So when we had to get plane tickets and hotel rooms for this out-of-state wedding and then they asked for the $100 gift, I was so insulted. They weren't attacking me. They weren't trying to make me feel less than I was, but I did. And instead of just saying, we can't afford that, I took it out on them. I took it out on them because I was so angry that they made me feel that way. And it wasn't them. It was me. I really hope I'm portraying that here because the last thing I want to do is make any of these wonderful people out to look like the bad guy because they were not. Remember, guys, as bad as I tell this story, it's all me. So we went to that wedding and I was miserable because I was pregnant and in crazy amount of pain and I couldn't drink like I wanted to. I'm sure I didn't, but I feel like I ruined her wedding. I feel like I ruined a wonderful trip, a wonderful experience that could have been something amazing and wonderful and great, and I was a thorn in everyone's side. And two months after this was my baby shower. And none of them could make it. So they all planned a small shower for me, just them. And I let someone get in my head. 
telling me that they just wanted it to be all about them, that they didn't want to come to my shower and celebrate me, but they wanted to make their own shower for me so it could be all about them. Like, what the fuck? But this is the stuff that I really believed. So that shower that they threw me, that they put together, they bought my baby jogger and my car seat and they made me a diaper cake with cute outfits. I didn't even go. I didn't even go. Like ashamed doesn't even cut it, guys. I know for a fact that I ruined one of their bachelorette parties because I got really drunk because when I'm uncomfortable, I drink. And when I drink too much, well, shit just goes bad. And I got wasted. And at her celebration on her night, celebrating her and her marriage with her friends, I got wasted and told them all how much I hated them. And Mark had to come pick me up. I don't even remember. I don't remember. I don't remember the awful things that I said to them. The straw that broke the camel's back. Or that they have a New Year's party every year. And it's no shock at all that the year after all of this happened, Mark and I were not invited. And we're one year into our marriage. And I gave Mark an ultimatum. I told him that he needed to pick his lifetime friends or me. That was the person that all of this made me. I have to share this with you guys because if you know me now, this is not at all the person that I am. But I was. This is what the negativity does. This is what the victim mindset does. The negative mindset. The fixed mindset. This is how it gets you stuck. Shit like this. So it was like a week after New Year's. Or maybe even just a couple days. And we had made special plans to see one of the families. One of the friends that was in town. They're military. And so they aren't around as much. And, of course, Mark wanted to see them. We weren't invited to the New Year's party, so we made special plans. And the wife, you know, she said, so why weren't, you know, why, why are we doing this? Like, why are we making a special visit to see you guys? Like, why weren't you there? And me, I'm still in my bitch mindset. I'm like, well, we weren't invited. Well, no shit, Sherlock. You're acting like a fucking crazy person. Like, who would invite you to their house? I wouldn't. I, I mean, I don't blame them. Again, in my victim mindset, everything is happening to me. I'm not doing any of it. Right? I was not the problem. Sure. Okay. We all know I am. And I was. But I didn't then. And so... It's so hard to do this without names, but I refuse because I just can't. I, I would never do that to them. It's, this is all me, my bad. And I, but so the person who hosted the New Year's party came to that house because they ran an in-home daycare. They were coming to pick up their kids and we happened to still be there for the visit. And she hadn't seen Elsie yet. And so she came in and I just got done nursing her. 
and she asked if she could hold her and I I pulled away I I wouldn't even let her hold my daughter because I thought if you can't be nice to me I'm not gonna let you be a part of my daughter's life and I'm so grateful that we that we'll call her Jill Jill that we were there to visit she made us have a conversation and she said what's up and sitting in that room talking about all of the things that I thought is this how they happen like sharing that and hearing their same version of that experience was eye-opening for me Because I had been sitting there thinking that I was the victim, that they were the problem. And sitting in that room, being confronted and having that conversation made me realize that I was the problem. I was the cancer in that room. I was the negativity. I was the one that was hurting everyone because I was hurting inside. What did I tell you guys? Hurt people hurt other people. I'm not proud of this. It's hard to share. I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed. But it all happened. And that was me. But thinking about now I was a mom and now I'm raising a daughter and I know how hard it was to go from this group or that group and taking myself out Because I was acting this way. Because I was letting the pain in my life project onto others. I was projecting that pain onto others. And I don't want that to be the example I set for my girls. That wasn't the kind of mom I wanted to be. I don't want my daughter to see a bunch of negativity. I don't want her to hear me gossiping about somebody else. I don't want her to hear me complaining about life. I don't want her to hear me blaming others for my problems. I need to take just a second here and ask you a couple questions because I wish somebody would have asked me these questions. Are you blaming other people for something that's your problem? Are you blaming other people in general? Are you projecting your issues and your problems and your negative energy onto others? Seriously, are you? Because if you are, I challenge you to find out the reason why. For me, there's something that I was afraid of. There was something that I was hiding. It was about me. And I'm betting that this is about you. So what are you hiding? What are you ashamed of? What are you embarrassed of? If you can fix that, then you stop projecting onto others. You stop blaming others or even just being aware of these behaviors can change your life and improve your relationships. And that alone is worth doing it for. Whether you're a parent or not, I need to ask you this question. And if you're not a parent, I just need you to hypothetically think about it and answer. If you cloned yourself, into the next generation, would you have a lot of confidence in this world? Would you want to raise your children in this world? Would you be proud to be the predecessor of the next generation? Or would you be embarrassed or ashamed of what you've become?
of how you're living your life, how you're projecting onto others, how you are the problem. I was the problem, guys, but I was also my solution. The only person that got me out of that situation is me. And I've spent the last, I don't know how many years, trying to make it up to those people. I've apologized countless times. It's one of those things, like, about my drinking. You know, you're supposed to make amends, and I just don't feel like there are some amends that I can ever make. I just feel like there are some things that I can't undo. But those are also the reminders to me to keep trying, to try harder, to give more, to love more, to accept people for who they are, to respect them for who they are, to lift them up and make them believe that they are worth it and worthy and capable of so much more than they give themselves credit for too. Because I know what it feels like to be stuck in that life. I know what it feels like to be stuck in your head. I know what it feels like to think that this world would be better off without you. And the way that I used to live my life, maybe I was right. But I'm so glad that they gave me another chance. You see, that night when we hashed it out in that living room, we all agreed that we would leave the past in the past and start fresh. And I did that. I actually did that. I'm not sure if any of them actually changed other than just forgiving me for being an asshole because they all did the same things. You know, one of them organized the group gifts and this time I was always like, yes, thank you. I will gladly give you my money so that I don't have to worry about this and add this to my plate. Versus two years before that, it was how dare you try to control me and my choices and ask for my money. Like my mind changed. How I approached the group and the people changed and everything changed. It wasn't them. It was me. Because when I made that switch, when I was like, okay, maybe this is all in your head and maybe you do need to just leave it in the past and move forward. And after that conversation, I got sober four months later. Like all of these things are in connection, guys, because I wanted to really be a person who deserved their friendship. I wanted to be someone worthy of being on my husband's arm. And I had to become that person. Because I was so scared that they would unveil the truth, that I was no good. But when I stopped looking at them and seeing them as the threat... They became some of the best friends that I've ever had. Here we are six years later and looking back at all the memories that me, Mark, and our kids would have missed out on. Like it breaks my heart that I almost did that. I almost took that away from us. We're about to have our, I don't know, fourth annual kids New Year's party at our house. And I'm going to share this with you guys because it's a super cute idea for those of you who have kids and want to do something but aren't even interested in staying up till midnight. So freebie, a bonus for you guys if you're listening to this on time and you get to this before New Year's. So we have it at our house every year. It's from 5 to 9. So people arrive at like 4.30 or anytime before 5. The first thing happens at 5 o'clock. So I have four balloons 
that are blown up and a piece of paper with something written on it is shoved inside. And so we pop the five o'clock balloon and there's an activity inside. So all the kids do the activity and then they go downstairs and play and the grown-ups like have snacks and talk. And then at six o'clock, we pop the next balloon and we have the next activity and we do that. And it's usually like a craft or like one time it was like a make your own popcorn bar. We've done like make your own party hats. We've done snow globes, snowman, bracelets, keychains, like all kinds of cool activities. And we do one every hour. And then at nine o'clock, we have a countdown. So everyone does the New Year's countdown at nine o'clock. We usually like Mark does this whole elaborate thing where he has balloons like hanging from the ceiling or we have a, you know, confetti balloon or something and we pop it and it's so we can go to bed at 10 o'clock if we want and it's over at nine and everyone is in home at home in their PJs with their family by like 930 or 10 o'clock and we love it. We've been doing it for the first year we did it, I think, was actually the year I broke my neck. So two weeks after I broke my neck, I hosted this. And we've been doing it every year since. And it's one of my favorite things that we do. And I wouldn't have that. I wouldn't have some of the most amazing people in my life because I didn't think that I deserved them. But I couldn't even own that truth. I had to make it about them. So I share this with you because maybe you're pushing people away. Maybe you're creating stories or you've already created a story and you're living out that nightmare. Maybe you're the problem. Did you need the tissues? (laughs) I definitely used mine. Uh, So that's it today, guys. I just have to tell you how proud I am of myself of you guys for doing this, for putting in the work, for hearing the hard things, and for for keep going. Like, you've made it through 12 episodes. You have now completed my mindset meltdown. There is nothing that you can't do. This is just the beginning. I need you to believe that. I need you to get fucking excited about what's ahead of you. And I can't wait to help you figure it all out, crush your goals, live that life you desire and dream of. As always, guys, I can't wait to hear what you thought about this episode. Send me a review, send me a message, share it on Instagram, talk about it in the community. December 11th, I will be live in my Hot Mess community, Hot Mess Success community. You can find it on Facebook. Hashtag hot mess success, all one word, community. Can't wait to see you guys then. Have a great week.